Well, good morning and welcome to the Red Net Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I am your host, Jay Edgar, and I'm joined, as always, on the other side of the screen by the wonderful Elaine. Elaine, how was your week? It was interesting. It was interesting. We've been uh, going a little bit back and forth about this off mic here. And yeah, I don't uh, I don't envy you on any of this here, but uh, you do have a bunch of stuff going on. And it's, I mean, looks like it might be turning out well for you as well. Hopefully at some point down the future, we'll have an announcement. But for right now, we'll just say it's been... Uh, it's, it's just been, been interesting. interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is the Red Net Show. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. It is, you know, even just within our personal lives, it's still been an interesting week in the professional side as well. Have you, uh, well, you've seen how packed up the itinerary is for this year, and there's a bunch of stuff that we couldn't even get to off of this week because it's been so fucked up and crazy. But I will say this, I got new grow lights so I can continue to grow stuff indoors. And not the fun nice. stuff, unfortunately, because, you know, I'm not going to sell that shit if I'm not going to partake in... Somebody's got right. a CDL, so we can't be doing any of that stuff, but I got my vegetables going, some new lights up there, maybe my carnivores will grow a little bit better until the summertime comes, and I can put them outside, it's going to be great here. And it's definitely been good, but we've got a bunch of stuff to get to, as we always do. It's uh, one of those things around this, uh, around this place where just... The government's so stupid, we've got to talk about it every week, and we are going to talk about it. Before we get started, I wanted to uh, give a little bit of a thanks to a uh, friend of the show, Arvold, who has been in and out of our chat. Make sure you guys go and say hi to him, because uh, earlier on today, this tweet popped up, and I decided to go out and quote tweet it back out, and then Arvold made a meme of it. The tweet reads, vaccine passports are a good idea. Among other things, it will single out the still large contingent of people who refuse vaccines, who will be foreclosed from doing a lot of things that their peers can do. That should help break the resistance down. That is tweeted out from Harry Littman, who apparently is an official in the DOJ. I found that out after researching the guy. Yikes. So I quote tweeted, and it's actually in uh, this uh, tweet here. Or not this tweet, but this uh, meme here that Arvold made for us. And my quote tweet was, he said the quiet part out loud. It's not about the vaccine, it's about control. And there we've got the astronauts, the one of them pointing back and says, always has been. Yep. Which, yeah, that's what it is. So thank you, Arvold, for that there. And uh, that's going to be one of the things that we talk about here is the COVID vaccine. I mean, on the schedule here, let's just go down the list of what we've got going on today. We've got the COVID passport to talk about, the yellow star, as you will, about uh, how the government's going to determine who's a good little boy and who's not a good little boy, and we'll see what's going on with that. Biden put out his first press conference this week, and, uh, well, it went about the uh, about how you'd expect a Biden press conference to go, including him getting lost in his train of thought. We've got that video on here. We've got some other questions that he had to take in. You know, I don't know what you expected this to be, but it's, it is what you thought it was going to be here. Uh, Georgia passed out one of their election laws this week. Brian Kemp signed it into law, so we'll talk just a bit about what happened there, some of the freakout that came from that, including an Alabama, or I'm sorry, Alabama, Georgia congresswoman who got arrested for going and knocking up on the door. So we'll talk a bit about that on the border. Something that was originally going to be just a lightning round topic because this is something we talk about every week, but a lot of stuff came up with this, including the fact that uh, Ted Cruz went down there, got refused from taking video or pictures down there, and a Texas Democrat actually released some of the photos of the border camp, and it is as horrific as you would think. Mm -hmm. 
a couple of cities have decided to give out reparations. So we'll talk a bit about what led to that and what this could mean going forward. Some good news and some bad news on the gun front. The Ninth Circuit ruled one way and the Sixth Thir uh, Circuit actually ruled a good way. So we'll talk just about, a bit about there and the Supreme Court case that weighs in on an Arizona couple and how constitutional red flag laws are. Finally, we're going to close out the show talking about the Suez Canal because that was begun and ended here this week. Just ending out today and uh, traffic is flowing back through. Plus, I've got some really, really good surprise stupidity for the night here. You are going to cringe. And I actually have an honorable mention to go along with this, too. This you have that... been so excited about this all day. Oh, I think I... you've mentioned this to me like four times. I've been excited about this all weekend since I found it. It's, it is cringe. It is definitely cringe, and we're going to cringe at this. But uh, yeah, I really the... hope that I haven't heard it and don't realize that I've heard it because I want to give you a good reaction. Well, you never go on the Discord, so you might not actually have heard about this one here. But uh... Because we're moving over to Gilded. <laughs> uh, I dropped it in the Discord, so it's actually there, but uh, you don't know which one it is. So we'll talk. I won't all... go looking for it, I promise. Yeah. Well, it's going to be all this and more over on the RedNet Show. Thanks for tuning in. We are live over on DLive, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook over on my Facebook page. Not yours yet still because, uh, nope. you know. I'm still suspended and in Facebook live stream jail. Also, well, chat is super, super quiet for me. Has anybody chimed in on your side? No, I haven't seen okay. anybody in here yet. Looks like we've got seven people watching and nobody chatting back yet. So hopefully that'll uh, jump back up here. Um, I've been I've been looking at my phone because I I screenshotted our like title card and our episode stuff from Twitter, stuck it on my Facebook page, and then put the link in the comments. So if you're a follower of mine on Facebook, that's where you can find it because we can't live stream directly to the Facebook page. Yeah, it is, uh, it's unfortunate because we got a huge amount of the audience coming from over there. looks like we do have a few more people coming back in. So, um, By the way, we are also monetized back on DLive again. We found that out last week over on, uh, on Contemporary, and Ron has already thrown some lemons out back at me. So if you guys prefer DLive and you prefer to support us in a more monetary way, head on over there, throw some lemons at us. We will always love to take them. And if you guys build up, every time I get the chest up over 100 lemons, I will open that up for you guys only on the RedNet show. We won't do that on Contemporary. That'll be only on this show. So Special. throw some lemons and do a whole bunch of chat and... You'll fill that chest up quick, and we'll get some lemons back out to you guys here. Um, quick announcement coming up here. We have made a decision as to who we are going to be supporting in the charity live stream. That is going to be for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. They are talking to me again. So I've been emailing back and forth, and I told uh, the regional director that, yes, I am going to go with them. So that is going to be coming up on April 17th. We've got a huge guest list here. We're going to start to... Uh, get that in. But uh, I do have to make a quick reminder here because I didn't think about this before we went on air, but uh, you have everything set in Eastern time and I've been advertising everything in Central time. Oops. So, <laughs> yeah, I looked at the Facebook event. I'm like, 11 p.m. to 11 p.m. No, that's not right. Yeah, everything is in Eastern. So that is uh, going to be 1 a.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, midnight to midnight Wait, Central. No, so, it's not. Do I have, wait, do I have to go in and change it? You might have to go in and change that, because, yeah. I'll, Crap. I'll be starting at midnight my time. 
Okay. But uh, we'll be playing some Stardew Valley. I, that's what I decided to do because that's an easy social one. That's an easy one where I don't have to come in and explain where everything's going. So Stardew Valley from midnight till probably about uh, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Once again, that's going to be central time. And then we start getting some interviews in, some people talking, and some people coming in and hanging out. Maybe somebody will come in and have some morning coffee with me. Who knows? But uh, that's going to be going on. I'm very excited for that. That has turned into such a huge deal, into something that I thought was going to be me talking to my friends for 24 hours and having a low turnout. This has been huge, and I'm so excited to see where this goes. This is what happens when you let the marketing person help you with planning. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited for that, and all the uh, advertising material we have out there as well. And... I think John is going to renege at this point too, because now he wants up to twelve fifty <gasps> no! to get rid of his beard. Do you think he we can do twelve fifty? He wants to up it to twelve fifty to get rid of his beard. Oh, I think we can raise twenty five hundred easily. Oh, uh, well, that means that we have to rob from uh, the cancer charities too, because I will agree to that. Two grand for this to go away, and only two grand because I'll be robbing from one charity to give to the other. <laughs> okay, you guys. So otherwise, to I'm just going to grow it out to a. Uh, to give it to cancer patients. 2500 and Ed will cut his hair. Oh, 2500 he... now. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, 2500 Ed will cut his hair and John will shave his beard. So, Ed, we'll, will uh, you also shave your beard? I could. You know, now that I don't have long hair, I'll uh, definitely not look like a girl once I shave it. <laughs> so I could do that. Yeah, that's uh that's not above uh reproach. It's going to be awesome. I'm really pumped. A bunch of my friends are coming on, so it'll be a lot of fun. And I did actually uh, I did actually set up that brunch that we were talking about that I have to confirm with one more person, and then we'll have that planned. But you guys, there's going to be so many really cool people from the Liberty Movement stopping by. Uh, Hobby Real uh, on Twitter, uh, Kevin Hobby. He was just elected over the weekend as the Oklahoma LP chair, and he's going to be coming by. Josh Smith is coming by. My friend Hannah Cox is coming by. She's a leader uh, in conservatives concerned about the death penalty and in conservative and libertarian you know, circles. So we have like a ton of people like that just stopping by. A few of them are sharing their own personal stories with about mental health and suicide prevention and things like that. And then, uh, a few of them, we're going to have some policy discussions about mental health and the criminal justice system. We're just going to be doing lots of different things, and Ed's going to be playing games. So if you guys want to come and hang out, we're also thinking about potentially organizing maybe a Cards Against Humanity game night on Saturday night uh, for a few of our guests and ourselves to just kind of have a game night and have some fun and uh, maybe have a few drinks. So, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. So that is on April 17th, midnight to midnight central time. Come and join us for that there. Well, we got to get into the news here. Tell me about this Kamala Harris mural that uh, showed up this week. Hold on. I got to get the document open. Too many uh, windows. Yeah. <laughs> so a brand new mural popped up last week. It is a crochet mural in rainbow colors in DC of Kamala Harris's giant face. And it just says, I'm speaking. Excuse me, Mike, I'm speaking. The 40 foot tall mural of Vice President Harris was unveiled at the wharf in DC. And that was a few days ago on International Women's Day. It is made out of 150 24 inch by 24 inch crocheted squares from people all around the United States and will be there through Memorial Day. 
I'm her comment, her comment, the organizer, London K said, my heart is so warm and we are going to make so many people feel all the feels. All right, then. Well, I'm going to feel sick at this point because that is, that is so many feels. Right. Yeah. And I did get that up on the screen. So everybody else is looking at it too. Yay. <laughs> uh, did you hear we're possibly getting another stimulus check? No. Uh, Jen Pisaki came out in one of her amazing press conferences. She circled back to tell us that Biden admin preparing another COVID relief bill despite passing a trillion dollar aid package. Uh, the Daily Wire reports the Biden White House is planning to push forward with another massive coronavirus relief bill, despite having just passed and signed a trillion dollar relief package. It was two trillion, by the way. Press Secretary Jen Psaki told Chris Wallace on Sunday. So this wasn't actually in her press conference. Um, I've already got to correct myself on this. Uh, she was on Fox News talking to Chris Wallace about this. Okay, so how much per taxpayer are we up to now? Uh, I don't know. This uh, this looks like this is going to be a recovery bill, not necessarily a relief bill, because a lot of this is going to focus on the infrastructure jobs. This is basically a new deal over and again, uh, over and over again. Isn't I read this about like this the third week. new deal we've had in the last eight months? No, this is actually going to focus on we're going to give we're going to build roads that we don't think that we need now, but we might need in the future, just like FDR did all the way back in the past. Oh. Which, I mean, that's par for the Is course. Is this the part where I get to quote Eric July? <laughs> if you want. Fuck them ass roads. <laughs> well, I mean, objectively, and I'm not even going into, like, politically off this, but uh, looking at the parties, you always know it. Something like this always comes up when a Democrat's in office. That's the first thing they do, because it's it's, it's a always, new deal kind of spending. It's always, but the children, or, but who will build the roads? Yeah. It's one of those two. And actually, we have both of those this week with all the gun control bills that are for the children and all the infrastructure that is, but the roads. So that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like this is going to be any direct payments this time, but they're definitely going to go out and spend to try and build some of those jobs. All right. Um, you had one in here about the Dominion voting system. So tell me a bit about that. Yes. Um, started interacting in the chat. I don't have a big enough screen for all of this nonsense. That's why I have two. I know. I need two. My next one's going to have four, and Seawall is uh, going to be mailing me the video card to build <laughs> a four-monitor desktop. And nice. the old, so it's the Fox. Can, uh, or no, it's not. It's, CN it's from CNN Business and Dominion Voting Systems, the voting technology that was, as CNN says, the target of baseless conspiracy theories about the 2020 election filed a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News on Friday. The company alleged that the network, quote unquote, recklessly disregarded the truth and participated in a disinformation campaign against the company because, quote unquote, the lies were good for Fox's business. Yeah, that sounds they... oddly familiar, like something a certain orange faced man would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's fake news but it's good for their business it's good for ratings okay i sell the best fake news and they all report on it dominion also said fox took a small flame of disinformation and turned it into a forest fire <sighs> and they added the truth matters and lies have consequences 
Fox sold a false story of election fraud in order to serve its own commercial purpose purposes, severely injuring Dominion in the process. If this case does not rise to the level of defamation by a broadcaster, then nothing does. Honestly, I kind of agree with that. I'm just waiting to I'm see. Not say, like, if it's true, if they can prove that none of the election fraud stuff was true, mm-hmm. then yes, that is defamation for sure. I'm more interested to see what happens once we get through all these investigations, because one of the thing, stories that didn't make the cut this week is that my state is authorizing now an investigation into the vote, uh, to the election. So I want to just wait till all the dust is settled before I start saying who's going to sue who. Yeah. But that doesn't sell ratings. Right, exactly. So we'll just have to see how that goes. They're also suing Sidney Powell. She, yeah, she made a motion this week to have that drop too, and I don't, I didn't see how that turned out. I did not either. I could probably look that up real quick, though. Well, uh, while you're doing that, let's talk. We'll talk about uh, the WHO in China because uh, the WHO was given authorization to go and investigate China, and now they're coming to the full conclusion that this just generically jumped from animals to humans. And let's not go and look at the lab over here. Uh, reading from Fox News, WHO China report claims coronavirus lab leak extremely unlikely suggests animal to human transmission. A joint WHO China study on the origins of COVID 19 says the transmission of the virus from bats to humans through another animal is the most likely scenario, and that a lab leak is extremely unlikely, according to a draft copy obtained by the Associated Press. Don't look over here. No, don't, don't look. Just look at everything else at this point. This just reeks of internal corruption. Mm. Which I've never trusted the WHO anyway, but. I, don't, I trust China even less at this point. Gotcha. So uh, I looked that up really quickly. Mm-hmm. We'll do an update. Live live update. <laughs> uh, there is no update. Uh, it has not been dismissed. I don't think there's been a determination made. Okay. But Dominion's also filed defamation lawsuits against Rudy Giuliani and my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, for the same type of claims that Cindy Powell made. <laughs> so... If hers gets dismissed, um, actually the other option they're giving the judges to transfer the case to Texas because that's where Powell um, is a resident. Mm-hmm. So if her case de- gets dismissed, I would expect that Rudy Giuliani and Mike Lindell would make the same motions to have theirs dismissed and Probably. or transferred to their state of residency. So um, we'll see whichever way it goes. We'll see a bunch of dominoes falling all at once. Now you've got one in here from uh, for Myanmar. Tell me a bit about what's going on there. I do. We're going to do a really quick update on uh, Myanmar because we did talk about we did talk about the coup that occurred there back in January, mm-hmm. and basically it's still going on. The military has taken control of the country, and over the weekend there were dozens killed during protests. It has the, it's been the deadliest day so far. Um, Dozens of people have been killed by security forces in Myanmar on the deadliest day since last month's military takeover. More than 90 deaths, including children, were confirmed by the Assistance Association for Political Prisoners Monitoring Group. So how long do you think it's going to be before we're told that there are WMDs being used against their citizens? I don't know. The U.S., U.K., and E.U. officials condemned the violence collectively. Uh, British Foreign Secretary Dominic Rabb called it a new low. 
That doesn't seem like strong enough language. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the latest violence took the number killed in the suppression of protests since the February 1st coup to more than 400 people. The mil again, a reminder, the military seized control of the country after an election in which, oh, I'm going to butcher her name, Aung San Suu Kyi, National League for Democracy Party, won by a landslide. I'm so sorry if someone knows how to pronounce that name correct. I might actually look it up after the show because I don't like mispronouncing people's names. We can just take the foreign excuse and that we're dumb Americans. I don't like being lazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting to see all this play out over there too because it's hard to see whose side is who because, I mean, from one side we're hearing that there's a major amount of corruption that came from the Sioux Kyi regime. And from the other side, it's the military imposing their will. So I don't know who's in the right on this one, to be completely honest. There's so much propaganda around this particular incident. Right. And I don't know who the the right side is either. But um, I would say that if citizens are protesting of their own volition, then they're probably in favor of the... I mean, that's the government that they want. Mm -hmm. So... They, they do have the right to uh, elect the government that they choose. Did you see that uh, the Donald decided to make a speech at a wedding at Mar-a-Lago over the weekend? I wonder how much he got paid for that. I don't think that he got paid for is that. He, is he now available for booking at, at weddings as an entertainer? I don't know. Let's have a listen is to he what the, he had is to he the new Is he the new Adam Sandler wedding singer? Let's have a listen to what he had to say, though. Okay. Maybe. I'd ask if he's sober, but I know he doesn't drink. I might actually not be able to do this. Because it doesn't look like it's going to play. Uh-oh. Which is something that happens when you take from TMZ, apparently. Those damn tabloids. <sighs> God damn it. At least I can now bring the transcript back up. Technical issues. Please stand by. All right, well, we, I can do the transcript still, at least, because I do have the article up here. So TMZ reports, it's been four months since the November election, and Donald Trump is still acting like a sore loser. That or a belligerent wedding guest. <laughs> Check out the video we got of the former president all tucked up for a reception that went down Saturday night at Trump's Fortress of Solitude, Mar-a-Lago, where the former chief got himself on the mic at one point to say a few words for the happy couple John and Megan Arrigo, but this speech would have nothing to do with the couple. It's all about him. Before he Shocking! Knew, Donald was, Trump makes a speech all about him. Before everyone knew it, he was launching into politics, singing the same old song about false claims. The election was rigged. And yeah, we can't watch for ourselves because we're having technical difficulties, but I did listen to it uh, on the morning show this morning, and yeah, it's pretty much what it was. He was talking about Biden throughout the entire thing, how bad he was doing on the wall on China and Iran. And yeah, it. Our audience is very amused by this. <laughs> they want to know when his holiday album is going to drop. I've got the best holiday album, okay? Sleepy Joe. Uh... Just Agent, 20, Agent 2159 says uh, he's going to sing the classic It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Acquittal. I like that. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Ah, looks like the Olympics are in the news. Tell me about Tokyo. Tokyo is not allowing live audiences at the Olympics. 
for fear of COVID. I mean, that's why we pushed it back this year, though. So, I mean, that's that's surprising, to be completely honest. Everybody's still afraid of this around the world. They're not really so afraid of it in the country, but they're afraid of it around the world. Well, I think it's I think it has more to do with they're not uh, they're not allowing international fans because they don't want the increased travel to create an increased risk. Mm -hmm. So no international fans will be permitted at the delayed 2020 Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics this summer because of concerns over the coronavirus pandemic. Japanese authorities told the Olympic and Paralympic committees it was highly unlikely that entry to the country would be guaranteed. Organizers said the move now gives clarity to ticket holders and helps ensure a safe and secure games for all participants and the Japanese public. The games are due to begin on the 23rd of July. So I think, yeah, it's they they just really don't want global travel is, I think, the problem there. Which is understandable. I mean, with everything we've heard about the pandemic, that's uh, probably something that we should all consider at this point. And we'll talk a bit about the border situation, because it looks like when we talk about the passports, that's that's the case that we have in this country for people who are coming in from across seas. But yet we still have people housed in horrifying conditions on the border in mylar blankets that are stacked in like sardines. So I can understand where Japan is coming from this. I mean, under the best of circumstances, then yes, everybody should be able to travel freely as they want to. But this is not the best of circumstances right now. Right. Got a story on your state's former mayor. Mr. Buttigieg decided that he was going to go on, I believe this was Squawk on the Street. So that is MSDNC, I think. Anyway, mm -hmm. he had this to say about a certain tax that he wants to impose. Let's have a listen to that. What about a mileage-based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If, if we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive, uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. Long-term answer. And I collectively just heard every tax accountant in America say, fuck you all at once. Yeah. Because that is like, going to be really. a nightmare to try and uh, implement. Yeah. No. So the DOT has come back out on record at this point and said that that is not an option that is being explored right now because of the massive rollout that would have to go with that. So that is not something that we could see in the near future, but they're already talking about it. So it's something to watch for. Right. And honestly, I think this is a good... Um, it's another incentive for people to just continue working at home. Mm -hmm. Like, why would they want to pay a mileage tax if they have a 40-mile commute per day one way? Which I've had. Which is not uncommon. Uh, so an 80-mile round-trip commute, and they have to pay taxes on those, miles, on those miles? I can't see very many people wanting to do that. And you know exactly how it's going to go. They're going to start it out really, really small. They're going to be like, oh, it's just two cents a mile. Like, that's that's just a couple bucks. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it's going to be 59 cents a mile. And then, you know, it's just going to go up from there. And what, that's another one of those things that it, it affects the poor more than it affects the rich, too. Yes, exactly. It also punishes people for successfully being able to to make enough money and make a good enough living to move out of city, mm -hmm. like city sprawl. 
Yes. So if you move out of city sprawl and you commute to work versus riding public transportation, now you're penalized. Or even to go further with that, getting out of the city and getting away from the city echo chamber, as we're right. starting to see a lot of people do. Right. And, and not only that, but cities are experiencing high urban flight right now because nobody wants to stay in these cities that are locked down because of the pandemic. They don't have, they don't have access to services. Um, they're getting shamed for not wearing masks, even if they're just like outside sitting on their stoop, like not even close to anyone else. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I, I have friends that have fled from cities in the last year to move to places that are not as crowded because city life during a pandemic was too uncomfortable hell i did it how old am i 36 it was right after my 30th birthday i did it six years ago and i couldn't be happier um tell me about i was actually going to skip this story but you put it in here because so i'm guessing you want to talk about this tell me about the story about the charlottesville mayor okay so she posted a partial a partial poem on her twitter and it got really bad reactions. And then she posted the full poem. And I'm not going to read all of it to you, but it is about the city of Charlottesville. And the, 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 the headline for this article just says that Charlottesville mayor's poem about the city, about the city and racism hits a nerve. Mm -hmm. And the byline says, America's black politicians have a long history of calling out the nation's racism. So, Nikuya Walker, the first black woman to be mayor of Charlottesville, Virginia, has posted poetry on Twitter and Facebook that has drawn national attention for descriptions of a picturesque college town that is indelibly linked to a slave-owning U.S. president and a deadly white nationalist rally. Of course, that's the Charlottesville <laughs> rally from several years ago. Yes. So she wrote on Wednesday, Charlottesville, the beautiful ugly it is. It rapes you, comforts you in its explicative stained sheet, and tells you to keep its secrets. So she followed it up with a longer and cleaner version. And she wrote, she wrote in the expanded version, Charlottesville lynched you, hung the noose at City Hall, and pressed the souvenir that was once your finger against its lips. It ends by stating that the city of 47,000 people is, quote, anchored in white supremacy and rooted in racism. Yeah, they're so white supremacist and racist, they elected you as mayor. Yeah, I, I don't understand. That's, that's the same thing with this racist U.S. country that had a two-term black president. I don't understand it. Yes, there are pockets of people who are very racist. I understand that. It's an, it's an old evil that is not going away anytime soon. But it's this is not an overall racist country. Right. Well, it didn't used to be. So the, the, there were a couple of fellow council members who were white um, that said her rape metaphor was hurtful to victims of sexual assault and rape and deeply unfair in how it presents Charlottesville to the world. Uh, it's, they, they released a joint statement which said, we should not gloss over our difficult history of race, race relations, but as elected officials, we must choose our words very carefully. They were uh, they were both appalled at the threats that Walker has received from the post, from the post or from the past. I don't know. There are typos in these things all the fucking time. Yeah, uh, it says post. So apparently Walker has been a victim of uh, 
threats related to the fact that she is a black woman. So I can kind of understand her perspective um, as far as that goes. And it's, I mean, she's the first one. So just as Barack Obama was a victim of a lot of really heinous, um, like burning of effigies and, and things like that, that were probably more impactful to him as a black man than it would have been to a white man. Uh, I could see how the way that she's being insulted would be more impactful to her than it would be if it was a white person receiving the exact same threats. Uh, just because of just because of what I know as uh, the way that generational trauma exhibits itself in minority communities. Well, as the chat has said, that's great advertising for the town too. Come build a business in my town. It's so racist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of local level laws here, I found this one over the weekend and thought that you would, especially with your free speech mind, would find interesting here. The Utah governor is in the news this week because he signs a legislation requiring porn filters on cell phones and tablets. Hold, hold on, what? Uh, according to this, HB 72 is aimed at establishing a filter requirement and enforcement for tablets and smartphones activated in the state on or after January 1st of the year. The measure takes effect. According to its text, manufacturers won't, uh, that don't abide by the law could face fines of $10 for each violation with a cap of $500. So, I mean, it's a small potato crime, but it's one of those things. Now, this is one of those things that's meant to protect the children. And I'm kind of interested to see where you would go on this here because I know you're a free speech absolutist, but I also know that this you've is got your a young own son. personal property. Yes. Guess what? When I wanted to, uh, when I was worried about the amount of time my child was playing video games and what kind of video games they were, guess what I did? I put I put parental controls on his Nintendo Switch, not just for time played, but also a bedtime and an age restriction so that he couldn't play games that were rated M for mature or T for teen because he's eight years old. <laughs> but again, this is Utah and Mormons are going to do what Mormons are going to do. <laughs> uh, it, it is law in Utah at this point now. So yes, this is something. And yeah, it's for me, this, <clears throat> I mean, it's a good idea to do, but it should always start at home. It shouldn't be the government's responsibility to do what a parent should do. Yeah, this is this is another nanny state thing, and it should absolutely be rejected. I don't think it's constitutional, so I doubt that it's going to stand. Well, we will see. We'll continue to follow up with this story. Um, this bizarre thing, you put this in here, and I don't even know what where to begin with this. Tell me about this pension plan for service animals. Oh, okay. So I actually liked this idea. <laughs> So uh, this is a little bit of global news, and this is from Poland. They are planning pensions for dogs and horses that were in that were formerly in state employment. So the byline says they locate survivors in collapsed buildings, track down fugitives, foil drugs and explosives, and explosive smugglers, and help control rowdy crowds. Basically, what it is is. When retirement time comes, I don't know. I don't know how prevalent this is in the United States, but apparently in Poland, basically what happens is 
these animals are just given away Mm -hmm. and there are no safeguards for any for their future welfare future medical bills like nothing like that so basically they're just setting a pension fund for these animals and i think it is about let me go back to the article i think it said 1200 animals currently in service all over the country so it's a fairly small number mm-hmm. the interior minister described the draft the draft law as a moral obligation which should get unanimous backing when presented in parliament for approval later this year it gives the animals an official status and paid retirement to help cover the often costly care bills their new owners might face which yes and th- so the new law affects 1200 dogs and 60 horses currently in service 10% of the animals are retired each year, and most most of them are dogs that are German or Belgian shepherds. I think it's great. Like, I mean, you get a pension plan if you're a government employee, and these animals don't have a choice of whether or not they're employed. Like, they're just picked out of a litter or at a barn and are just like, I think this would be a great police horse, or I think this would be a great bomb-sniffing dog. They don't have any, they don't have any of their own agency. So they're just trained for a job and then they do that job and then they retire. And sometimes they might have health issues related to their time in the service and sometimes they don't, but either way, they still have to eat and still have to have a roof over their heads. So I absolutely have no problem with that, honestly. They're, they're, they're volunteers in a way. And yeah, I mean, that does come too, because like, like you said, here we get a lot of people will come out and go and specifically adopt service animals after they're done. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. it. With, I've definitely seen it with horses, and I've seen it with uh, with certain German shepherds that have been used for police force. And, you yep. know, they've come to the age of retirement. They've still got, you know, the vet bills. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they should be taken care of. I think so, too. So I thought this was kind of a little bit of a feel-good story for me. I... Um, some of you probably don't know, but before I got really involved in politics, when I was in my early 20s, I worked with horses a lot. So mm-hmm. most of my, I, I had a riding lesson program. I taught kids riding lessons and I loved it. Most of the time I got lesson horses from our local racetracks. So they were thoroughbreds a lot of the time. Um, but I have seen stories go around the internet about police horses found at kill auctions where they're going to be shipped off to Mexico or Canada and processed into dog food. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can save those animals because they're very highly trained and they're very useful. Um, A lot of times they end up on those lots because people can't afford to keep them. They can't afford to feed them or they might have health issues that the owner was not prepared for. So, um, and horses love their jobs just as much as any police dog loves their job. I mean, I I can't count the number of times people people have gotten all upset and butthurt on the internet about thoroughbreds are forced to run. Yeah. I see. A I'm lot sorry. Have Have you ever just let go of the reins on a thoroughbred in a big open field and seen what they did? <laughs> a lot of them will just take off. Why? Because they love to run. That's their thing. <laughs> right. So, anyways, that was just a feel good story. Well, now the I'm world is not all doom and gloom. Well, now I'm going to dash your feel good to bits. No. Why did you put it in this order? I don't know. <laughs> um. Vice President Harris is slated now for a one-on-one with somebody to talk about women's empowerment, and it's Bill Clinton. Really? Yes. And social media had a field day with this one, and so did my live chat on Contemporary. I they did. (laughs) (sighs) 
So, just to read from The Blaze briefly, Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to sit down with former President Clinton for a one-on-one conversation at the Clinton Foundation event this week, where the two will discuss empowering women and girls. Ooh! Politico reporter Christopher Cadelvo broke the news on Twitter, sharing that a press release touting an event for the Clinton Global Initiative University has on its Friday afternoon schedule a one-on-one conversation with President Clinton and Vice President Kamala Harris on the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on women and empowering women and girls in the U.S. and around the world. And no, I'm not, I'm not joking either. Wow. I really wish you were joking, because that is just... Well, Kamala, I'm going to tell you how I empowered women. You know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes it's not. (laughs) I can't with your Bill Clinton voice. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. Like, does he not have a spokesperson that's like, you know, Bill, maybe we should pass on this opportunity. I'm not sure it would be great for your image. How? Who thought this was a good idea? Maybe Hillary made him do it as a penance. Maybe. (laughs) She was like, repent for your sins. Uh, one person joked on Twitter that Monica Lewinsky and Ghislaine Maxwell will, will be calling in via Zoom for the panel. Someone else really joked, hope so. <laughs> someone else joked that next on the schedule will be Harvey Weinstein discussing women in the mm-hmm. workplace, and another would be followed by Anthony Weiner to discuss youth outreach. Oh, ouch. Yet another suggested refreshments to be supplied by the Cosby Foundation. <laughs> God bless Twitter. I swear to God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that happened. I had Damn. a little bit of surprise for you, though. This one actually took me completely by surprise when I found this one here. Bernie Sanders says he's not comfortable with Trump Twitter ban. Uh, this is to uh, us from the New York Post. Senator Bernie Sanders said recently that he's not comfortable with former President Trump's Twitter ban, arguing it could lead to suppression of users across the political spectrum. Wow. Okay, broken clocks. I'm here for it. Thank you, Bernie. I appreciate it. The Vermont Socialist found common ground with many Republicans who accused the social media network of left-leaning bias and political censorship after they banned Trump in the wake of the January 6th U.S. Capitol selfie fest. I refuse to call it a riot or an insurrection. I'm sorry. No matter what they put in these articles, I refuse to call it that. Sanders made the comments to New York Times columnist Ezra Klein Tuesday after Trump aides announced the former president would soon return to social media with his own platform. And here's what he had to say. And of course, it's going to be in a Bernie voice. Look, you have a racist, sexist, xenophobe, pathological liar, an authoritarian, someone who doesn't believe in the rule of law. This is bad news guy. But if you're asking me, do I feel particularly comfortable that the then-president of the United States could not express his views on Twitter, I do not feel comfortable about that. Why does he sound like a part Russian mobster? Well, he is a socialist. (laughs) Comrade Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's broken clock kind of thing. 
It happens. I think he's afraid that his uh, more adamant supporters might get uh, get the axe at some point, which I th- I've seen some of them are starting to. Yeah, I have seen that too. So you were excited about Bitcoin. Tell me uh, what you saw on that. Sorry, I had to reprimand the live <laughs> chat for getting out of hand. <laughs> oh goodness. So from Cointelegraph, there's a prediction from William Suberg that Bitcoin could reach 400,000 in 2021 as a risk-off reserve asset. Uh, This is originally from Bloomberg Intelligence. So Bitcoin still gets, so the article says uh, the 400,000 Bitcoin would rhyme with history. An uploaded chart of the Bitcoin USD average price and the Bitcoin liquid index, a price ticker specially created for institutional use. They assert that it's well on its way to becoming a global digital reserve asset. A maturation leap in 2021 might be transitioning Bitcoin toward a risk off asset in our view, he wrote. A potential price peak this year with previous behavior as context could be as much as 400,000 per coin as the chart shows. So this dwarfs other estimates that that of stock to flow, which calls for an average of 288,000 between now and 2024. So basically hold your Bitcoin. I, I see it going up because that's one of the things that I do on the finance every morning for contemporary is I do the Dow Jones, what the chart was for the day before, where Bitcoin is at and what the gas prices are. I think 400,000 is a bit ambitious, but I do see it going up definitely because I watch it go up every day just about. So it's it's a nice thought and definitely some people will be happy about it, but there are enough countries out there that are trying to outlaw it right now too that I do think that there's going to be some weight to it. I don't think it's going to get to 400,000, but I bet you I could see 100,000 out of it this year. You think 100,000 by the end of the I, year? It's possible given the rate that are it's you, going. Are, are you going to make a wager like John McAfee did? No. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. No, but I'm going to buy into it. You should have bought into it like 10 years ago. I should have. You are right. Or even five years ago would have been great. Um, Tell me about Cuomo. Oh, the Wall Street Journal says reports that Andrew Cuomo aides received subpoenas in the sexual harassment investigation. Melissa, Melissa DeRosa, a top official, is among those requested to produce documents as part of a probe. I love it when they use a probe. In, in the articles that talk about when they subpoena people for sexual harassment, they're always like, it's a probe. And I'm like, do you not see? <laughs> okay, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> so the New York State Attorney General's office has subpoenas do- has subpoenaed dozens of officials in the Como administration including his top aide requesting that they produce documents as part of an investigation of sexual harassment accusations against the governor according to people familiar with the matter. Uh, Melissa's title is secretary to the governor and has been at the center of the state's pandemic response. She is among officials to receive a subpoena earlier this month, the people said. Investigators for the AG have also questioned women accusing him of inappropriate behavior about their interactions with Ms. De La Rosa, Rosa, not De La Rosa, and the women and their lawyers said. So basically we're just seeing the investigation play out 
and them go through the legal process of getting all of this stuff together to potentially charge him with inappropriate conduct. And nothing about the nursing homes. Nothing about the nursing homes. Not word. Although they did want. mention, although they did mention that she was at the center of the pandemic response. So hmm. I wonder if they will try to use her as a scapegoat somehow. Or a sweetheart deal. Yeah, something. She might turn on him. If she thinks she might be indicted for her part in the nursing home scandal, then I could see them easily turning her against him. All right, I got one more here. Then we got to get into the main news of the day here. Um, did you see this week that uh, it was Tammy Duckworth and Maisie Hirono both came out and said at the beginning of the week that we will block any straight white males who the Biden administration puts up. We will block anybody unless you give us more AAPI uh, membership, but we'll still go ahead and confirm anybody who's gay or anybody who's black or anything else. We were just, we're going to block everybody else. And then like a day later, they backed off on it. Of course they did because Nancy Pelosi probably called them and told them to sit the fuck down. Well, Nancy Pelosi, well, Nancy Pelosi doesn't have any reign over them. That's the house. Uh, Nancy's in the house. They're senators. And the Senate. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So that would be uh Mr. Schumer. Yeah, but come on, like Nancy's in on all that stuff. I I buy that. I do, but it was if anything, it was a joint call between Pelosi and Schumer to each of them, and they were like, "Calm down, or we're going to make the next term terrible for you." Chuck and Nancy. Um, yeah, it's just it was amazing because they did pop up, and this was in the wake of the uh, the Atlanta shooting too. So we're sitting on this hall stop. Um, for the most part, I looked at this as a virtue signal because we were on the on the cusp of stop Asian hate and everybody else had Asian hate in their profile. And I mean, you can't go on a fucking Amazon right now with seeing stop Asian hate. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been on there three times in the last few days. And every time it's stop Asian hate, it's right on the top of the shopping page. Huh. And if you open up I Netflix, you see it that uh, there too. So, yeah. I think they were trying to take something that was uh, current and tried to get it to play out. And they were told, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. I don't see it. Maybe they think you're more racist than me. Maybe. I am a straight white male after all. Oh, see? Micro-targeting. That's exactly what it is. All right. Also, well, you identify as a conservative and not a libertarian. I do. I, I don't know if I identify as a conservative. They don't like me. I'm too far left for them. Oh, okay. You should take the political compass. I test. have numerous times. I am nestled very, very deep in the bottom right corner. That sounded bad. I do what I can. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about COVID passport here, but uh, do you want to see what these guys are saying first? Oh my gosh, so much. So many jokes. So many jokes about Bill Clinton. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. First message of the night says, hashtag free red. Yes, free my live streams. Very unfair. Uh, Greg says hi. Not him is here. Wyatt's here. Matthew Hammond is here. Hi, Matt. Uh, Matthew says your hair looks great. 
to you, not to me, oh, which is shocking. Most people usually compliment my hair. I think that was when we were talking about you getting a haircut. Yeah. Haircuts yeah, it's charity. just finally getting into the point where it's falling normally again. <laughs> Nephilim is here. He said the children can build the roads when they aren't in their cages. Uh, Agent 2159 says, I hear Dominion and automatically picture... I don't know who that is. Jem'Hadar. It was a, it's a Star Trek Deep Space Nine reference. Oh, I'm not that much of a nerd. Sorry. I am. That's, I've seen a, that that's, that's a you joke, not a me <laughs> joke. I handle all of the movie jokes that Ed does not get because he doesn't watch movies like a normal person. Guilty. Yep. Uh, not him says, I need two 49-inch curved monitors on top of each other. Okay, why don't you just get right on that? Uh, Quest is here. Hi, Quest. Um, not him says they can condemn them by calling them Burma. <laughs> I don't know if they'd like that very much. That's a little dark. Um, oh, he also suggests that we book Trump. Quest says, watch out for the freaks at table nine. What? Where? Agent 2159 says, Donald Trump sings the classic. It's beginning to look a lot like a quiddle. And wants to know when his holiday album is going to drop. I'm so bummed that that video didn't play. Agent 2159 also says he finished his speech with, just like Biggie, I was framed. Awesome. <laughs> Ron's here. He says, I'm listening, fixing to make some food. Ron must live in the South because Southern people are the only ones who say they're fixing to do anything. He lives in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. That's not really the South, but kind of, sort of. What is Oklahoma considered? Robert calls it the Midwest, which I don't understand because it's pretty far no, south of the Midwest. No, it is not. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because that's where Robert from Gen Cap is from originally, is Oklahoma. That's where he grew up, but he just moved to Florida like 30 years ago. He just moved to Florida 30 years ago. Only 30 years ago. That's fine. I stand by it. <laughs> uh, Quest wants to know what Ron is making for dinner. Ron, you might have a house guest for dinner. Sounds like Quest is thinking about coming over. Uh, Chilaga says good morning in the evening. Oh, Ron is making nachos. Okay. I can't read that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I don't know what words mean, I'm like, mm, let's better not. <laughs> I've got Robert from the Gen Gap to say some pretty racist stuff for the same reason, because he doesn't know what he's saying. He just reads it right out loud. <laughs> John finally know, called him on it. I know. You're always like, ah, ah, no, no, no. <laughs> Agent 2159 says, we don't claim South Bend, just like Toledo. It should belong to Michigan. That's true. We really don't claim South Bend. Oh, front of yours, I'm guessing? Huh? Front of yours? At least a state no. compatriot. It's who? At least a state compatriot, if he's also from Indiana. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's right. We don't claim South Bend, Gary, or Mishawaka. There's a reason that that whole area is called Michiana because the rest of Indiana just wishes it belonged to Michigan. Um, Greg says, well, I don't use the government, so I'm not sure what that pertains to. Oh, mileage tax. Yeah. Wes said, how about they eliminate the gas tax before adding the mileage tax? Now, Quest, you know the government doesn't just repeal taxes on their own volition. What kind of nut house do you think this is? 
uh, not him also says that not just a mileage tax, they would still charge the gas. Yes, obviously yep. they would. Uh, regressive taxation. Yes, Quest, that's what it is. Ron says, we've come full circle. I used to get mileage when working for the oil field, and now they want to pay you for that. I've written off mileage before. Yeah, I have too. Um, Matt says, what about the wrench? It throws a mileage reimbursement by companies. I don't know. Or heavy trucks because they still do damage. Yeah, I would imagine that it would have to be a tiered system. Like if you're driving mileage in a hybrid vehicle, you're probably not going to get taxed per mile as much as if you're driving a dump truck. Because the wear and tear and the emissions are completely different. Well, that's how they do tolls. Right, exactly. So it would it would basically, it would probably be structured along those same lines. The smaller, more efficient cars would, would pay less in taxes and the bigger, less efficient trucks would pay more. Quest said, great advertising for your town was being mayor the consolation prize for not being in charge of tourism? Well, there's a typo. Sorry. Uh, McConnell, I don't know about that one. Quest, can't you adjust the settings on your own phone? Yes. All right. Uh, you, in fact, can. Uh, not him says, good luck with that. 500 isn't worth putting in a filter. I think they mean the manufacturers. So if the yep. manufacturers are manufacturing hundreds of thousands of phones, they're probably going to charge you $500 per phone that doesn't have the filter on it. So that could add up really quickly. Mm -hmm. McConnell says, if you were concerned about your child playing video games, you should have burned them in a fire in front of him. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm not really into psychologically terrorizing my child, but thanks for the parental advice. I'm good. Kids just need limits. They don't need that, whatever that is. Uh, Quest, I thought the law was enforced on the manufacturer, not the user. Yes, you are correct. Agent 2159, Mormons marry too young? Probably. Jay, Mama Buzzkill, if you ever want to change those settings, he can adjust it for you. Huh? No, I have the parental controls on my phone. McConnell wants to warm a nice cup of pudding over a toasty fire. I think that's a Jello Bill Cosby reference. No, I think that was for he was toasting it over the fire uh, from the burned video games. Oh, yeah, no, we're good. What is the Polish equivalent of McGruff? I don't know. Grofinski. <laughs> Probably. To be fair, work dogs love their jobs. Yes, they absolutely do. Ron is asking about Bill Clinton, if he's bringing the scars. Billiam says, have a dog that got rejected by the popo because he's too big to carry. And I asked if he was a good boy and there was no response. So I'm slightly concerned. Please tell me that he's a good boy. I'm sure he is. If he was rejected by the Popo, he's probably a very good boy. <laughs> uh, lots of Bill Clinton jokes, some of which I probably can't read on air. <laughs> um, not him says, isn't being married to Hillary Penance enough? You would think. Uh, rots would make good Popups, but they get massive. Yes, they do. They're squishy faces. Also, my face hurt from laughing at your Bernie Sanders voice bill clinton has been empowering oh nope we can't read that one on air <laughs> stop trying to trip me up you guys 
uh Wyatt says that was a funny stream when John called Robert on the naughty words <laughs> it wasn't even that bad of a word either it had to do with our our friends in uh in Israel oh okay yes agent 2159 is apparently from Indiana uh, because he says that they charge him to drive a hybrid because it uses less gas. That's less gas tax. That's bass backwards. All right. Oh, not him did correct us. He said they said ten dollars per phone with a limit of five hundred. Mm -hmm. That's hardly even worth it. I'd just pay the five hundred dollars then at that point. Yeah, probably. Oh, Nephilim says he yes that he is a very good boy. So, I have my answer. All right. Let's talk about. Uh... Let's start with just a brief touch on the COVID passport because that just came out over the past couple days. Um, from Fox News here, Biden administration is working with industry to develop COVID-19 passports as vaccinations progress. And this is, I mean, this is just dark. This is going places that I don't want to see the country go at this point. Because, and I mentioned this when I talked about the control and everything else that went along with this. I mean, I just got... Um, before we got started, I tweeted back and forth with uh, Space Meatball over on Twitter, and she was asking, she was basically telling people that if they don't want to get the government because uh, get the vaccine rather because they're contrarian and it's just because you can't tell me what to do, she thinks that those people are really really stupid. Well, honestly, I didn't want to get the vaccine just because it's brand new, and usually these things take five to ten years of testing, so I'm not comfortable with that going into my body. But the fact that the government's trying so hard to make this required makes me extra suspicious about all of this right now. And it's just like we saw with the uh, the guy that tweeted at the top of the show I was talking about where he was saying that, okay, well, if we get the vaccine passports, then we can divorce ourselves from these rubes that don't want to participate in our society, and we can push them along the way, which, I mean, I tweeted, I commented back on this. I did the retweet, and then I commented back that... Uh, well, this is just a step away from the government coming in and saying, oh, well, you don't have that pretty yellow star. Well, we'll take you to Utopia as long as you just climb on this boxcar first. Yes, because none of this has ever turned into like a social credit score or anything. It is inconceivable. This is dystopian. Like yeah. it really is. Frankly, it's unconstitutional. Yeah, it is. And there's so many other things that go along with this. Now, it's the... Passport is supposed to be on blockchain, which means that apparently the government and IBM cannot get access to your medical records from it. It just gives you a quick QR code that you can either print out or grab from your smartphone and slide under the scanner and, oh, you're allowed to come in here. Hmm. Interesting. I'm betting that there will be forgery techniques uploaded online on the dark web within 24 hours or less. Within like six hours, probably. Yeah, and it's, the places that want to demand that you have this, I honestly don't want to do business with either. Right. Yeah. There's a reason that I said that I'm very excited for the fact that I live in a small town now, because you don't see a lot of this bullshit. You don't, I mean, you go around Wisconsin, you see some of this, if you get into, into Milwaukee, even into Kenosha, into Madison, especially into Madison, because that's progressive fucking heaven up there, but uh, you don't see a lot of this Rock County, Buffalo County. Um, just the northern areas, you don't see a lot of it there. Because it's asinine. I mean, my nieces and nephew have gone to school every day since the beginning of this bullshit. 
They didn't do it so much. Let me rephrase that because they didn't do it last year. But this year, it's everything's wide open in rural America. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's wide open here. I don't think it's hybridized in town. I think in Janesville, it might be hybridized or at least partially open. But in town here, it's, I mean, it's all wide open here. So, and that's just for school. But I can't imagine walking to a grocery store and here in small town America saying, okay, you have to have your vaccine passport. Otherwise you can't shop here. Yeah. I mean, I lived in a super small town in Tennessee and there were still a couple of small little grocery marts where you had to pay in cash. They don't have, they, they just have regular old fashioned cash registers. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, um, a, I think one of them did eventually get like a, an iPad where you could swipe your card and stuff like that with like a little stripe plug in. But, um, I lived about 15 minutes away from an Amish market. Do you think they're going to be scanning people's QR codes to come in and shop in the Amish market? Probably <laughs> not. Like, they don't even take debit cards. There's a bar in town here that's the same way. It's cash only, mm-hmm. which blew yeah. my mind. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I think as many as many businesses that crop up that say, you have to have the vaccine passport. There will be a counterinsurgence of businesses that say, we are proudly, you know, no vaccine passport, like no mask mandate. Yeah, come in here and shop with us. We're fucking sane. Maybe, maybe not go that far, but uh, definitely something to look into on that. So um, it looks like, though, New York actually has this already rolled out. Or trying to roll out. Um, I grabbed one right before Contemporary this morning, like seconds before I hit the uh, go live button this morning, that Tim Pool tweeted back out. Uh, it came from the USA Today that New York has launched the nation's first vaccine passports. Others are working on a similar idea, but many details must be worked out. Now, the airlines are also planning on doing this. Um, they're already doing something like this. You need to have a proof of vaccination in order to get into the country from elsewhere around the world on international flights. I don't know if they're doing this yet for a, a negative test or a vaccination for domestic flights. I wouldn't think that they've been able to do this yet because I think they're still trying to find a workaround for the Fourth Amendment. But I know we, they've, they've got the interstate uh, travel mask mandate thing going on already. So I don't know where this goes or right now. I have no plans to go to New York at this point. This is a statewide thing. This isn't a uh, city thing. Uh, Starting on Friday, New Yorkers will be able to pull up a code on their cell phone or a printout to prove they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 or recently tested negative for the virus that causes it. The first in the nation certification called Excelsior Pass will be used first at large-scale venues like Madison Square Garden, but next week will be accepted at dozens of event, arts, and entertainment venues statewide. It already enables people to increase the size of a wedding party I can't believe I read those words out loud. Or other catered event. <laughs> yes, the government says you've been a good boy, you get a treat, and now you can uh, have more than five people at your fucking wedding. Which I've seen women with wedding parties bigger than that. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think this is? Is this the mark of the beast or is this the, this the yellow star? Um, Can it be both? It might be. The worst part is, is they call the Trump people the Nazis. Right. And this is coming up here. 
We get to talk about this press conference because it was a shit show. Of epic proportion. It was. my, And I've seen the whole thing. Now, I've only got a few little clips from it at this point, but I've seen the whole thing. Um, to read quick from NPR, because they started the show off here, the only mention of COVID that came out of this entire thing was at the beginning. Biden came out and assured us that he was moving up the goal because he already passed the 100 million shots in the arms. Now it's going to be 200 million shots in his first 100 days. Hmm, right. I think it's because they accidentally were like, uh, Joe, we're already on track for that. You need to set a new goal. So, and that, I mean, they went on. It was about an hour conversation. Uh, a lot of things that were going along with this here, including this intrepid report that came to us from Fox News that uh, Joe Biden had note, uh, note cards telling him what it was that he was supposed to say. Come on, I know I have it up here. There it is. Let me turn this Kamala picture back off. Sorry, a little bit of on-air production there. Um, as you can see in the picture there, you've got Joe Biden here with the list of uh, people, the reporters, their names, their networks, and the questions that they were going to be asking. He also had note cards that were notated with what his infrastructure plan was. That was the one that was most famously seen. But other note cards talking about border policy, what he was supposed to say with that, and a myriad of other topics that he was supposed to be uh, talking about. I'm sorry, you are not going to have your note cards in front of you when you sit down with Xi Jinping and Kim Jong-un to try and negotiate between our two countries. Well, but there's going to be translators. So the translators are going to clean up whatever it is before they actually translate to the other world leader. That has got to be the world's worst job at this point. Translator mm -hmm. for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. What is the equivalent word for malarkey in Chinese? <laughs> in Mandarin. Not only that, but if you've got to translate this speech, how do you do that? Let's have a listen to this. Perfect segue. I didn't even plan that. Now i got to find it. There it goes. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, <laughs> I'm, we're going to get a lot done. So the best, best way to get something done. Yes, that was actually from the press conference. Wow. Did it start to replay at the beginning? Yeah, at, it did. at the end? Yeah, oh, okay. I was like, please tell me he didn't go on to repeat himself. That would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, how do you translate for that? And that, that was very much marketed as to how the, the entire press conference went was a lot of that. Wow. That that person has the nuclear codes. That's painful. Think about that for a second. I'm just as afraid of him having the nuclear codes as I was about the Donald having the nuclear <laughs> codes. For completely different reasons. Yeah, it's, it's wild off of this here. One of the things that came out of this was the fact that, and a lot of people talked about this, like Peter Ducey was in the room, but he never got called on. For Aww. obvious reasons. Peter Ducey, of course, being a Fox News reporter, he never got called on for any of this here. It seemed like there were pre-selected reporters for pre-selected questions. One of the big controversies that came with this was when Joe called on, I believe it is Yamish from uh, 
the New York Times, I believe she was from. I should have taken notes on that one. That's my bad. But, Did uh, you completely butcher her name? No, but it was such a softball question. Listen to, uh, listen to what Yamish had to say. Yamish. Thanks so much, Mr. President. Um, you've said over and over again that immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? And how are you choosing which families can stay and which can, can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, there are some families that are staying? And is there a timeline for when we won't be seeing these overcrowded facilities with, run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied minors? Well, look, I guess I should be flattered people are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening, that I'm a decent man or however it's phrased. That, you know, that's why they're coming, because, no, Biden's a good guy. Yamish. They're, they're coming because Biden's a good guy. Oh, all the warm and fuzzies for the Democrats. That's what they always wanted. Mr. President, how, how nice were you that you've got all these immigrants to come here? And how many puppies did you save off of this? Right. How many kittens did you rescue out of the tree, Mr. Biden? <laughs> I don't know why I like kind of transitioned into a Scarlett <laughs> O'Hara Southern accent. <laughs> That's what I use for my Kamala Harris voice. So it's... <laughs> It works. <laughs> Which is weird because she's from California. Weird. I know, but every time I do that, I think of Myrtle Urkel from Family Matters. Steve's cousin. I don't remember. From Georgia. It was I don't Jaleel remember White her. in a dress. Oh. With a bad Southern accent. Right. I used to watch that show, but I forgot about that character. Holy yeah. crap. It's funny. But they. You see these kinds of questions off of this. There were no hard questions for the guy. And, you know, Twitter just trended everywhere of how great it was that Biden is in control of everything. He's in control. He's of not in control. He's barely in control of the walker that he uses when no one's looking. Joe also had uh, this, speaking of the border here, because we I want to stay on to the border here. He decided to tell us when he's going to be transparent about the border. Given the conditions that were just laid out at the migrant facilities at the U.S. border, will you commit to allowing journalists to have access to the facilities that are overcrowded moving forward? I will commit when my plan very shortly is underway to let you have access to not just them, but to other facilities as well be able to have access to the facilities. We've obviously been allowed to be inside one, but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, and one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my my chief folks have gone down, is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up, and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay. Just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know, to be clear. To be clear, 
I'll be fully transparent when I'm ready to be transparent. Yeah, Jay, Jay's comment was, I will commit to transparency when it looks good for me. That is exactly correct. That's exactly what that is, too. Yeah, he's absolutely right off this. So, we don't know what's going to happen with us. We don't know what's going to happen on the border. And, I mean, we looked at all of this. We don't know what's happening with any of this. One of the interesting ones that came up was this 15-second clip of him, though, uh, talking about China. Because he says he's going to make sure China plays by the rules. Let's have a listen to that one. China has an overall goal, and I don't criticize them for the goal, but they have an overall goal to become the leading country in the world, the wealthiest country in the world, and the most powerful country in the world. China. I, I don't criticize my children's employers. Really? <laughs> That's what you're going with? Do you have something else? Okay. Wow. Okay. We're not even going to talk about the Uyghurs, are we? No. Well, he's tried to talk about the Uyghurs. He just gets shut down very quickly. Yep, he does. Well, I, I can't talk about that because that's their culture and that's not our culture. And I know we're going to be talking about... Uh, I got one more clip from this here. I know we're going to be talking about uh, the Georgia election law a little bit here, but uh, I don't even know where he got this from. <laughs> but let's have a listen to what he had to say about the election laws that are coming up around the country as uh, various different states are trying to tighten up their elections. Okay, hang on a second here. Kristen, uh, Nancy, CBS. Thank you very much, Mr. President. I want to go back to voting rights, and as Yamish mentioned, Republican legislatures across the country are working to pass bills that would restrict voting, particularly Democrats fear impacting minority voters and young voters, the very people who helped to get you elected in November. Are you worried that if you don't manage to pass voting rights legislation, that your party is going to lose seats and possibly lose control of the House and the Senate in 2022. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Deciding in some states that you cannot bring water to people standing in line waiting to vote. Deciding that you're going to end voting at 5 o'clock when working people are just getting off work, deciding that there will be no absentee ballots under the most rigid circumstances. It's all designed, and I'm going to spend my time doing three things. One, trying to figure out how to pass the legislation passed by the House, number one. Number two, educating the American public, the Republican voters I know, find this despicable. Republican voters, the folks out in the outside this White House, I'm not talking about the, the elected officials, I'm talking about voters, voters. And so I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do. Who's Jim Eagle? 
Is that the Muppet that's an eagle? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I know uh, Captain Cooper... Arrow. I think isn't his name Arrow or something like? I can't remember. I I don't know, but uh, that's. I we'll be talking about the Georgia laws uh, a little bit later here, but that's. I mean, they're going on to race for this, which that's what they've been yelling for ever since they started talking about uh, changing some of the voting laws. Is it's all about race. It's race. It's race. It's race at this point, because that's the only song that they can sing anywhere off mm-hmm. any of this. Um, yeah, that's a man that's in control of his faculties. Okay then, whatever they need to tell themselves. So what did you take away from the news that you've seen on this uh, news conference so far? I honestly hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it because I knew it was going to be a complete shit show. Um, but yeah, it was really bad. Do you think we're going to have another one? Oh, I don't know. Probably not for a while, if we do it all. As I said, do you think the, the White House is going to let that happen? This was an experiment <laughs> to see how it went over. <laughs> to and see how many methamphetamines they have to pump into the guy to get him to talk about it. Exactly. Like, let's see how much, how much we have to tweak his medication before we can do another one of these. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the shooting that, uh, that the media forgot. So this week there was a report, and this was actually like right as we were on the air, this was happening last week okay um in boulder colorado a man entered a grocery store and opened fire uh reports say that he had an ar-556 pistol as his weapon of choice so it wasn't the ar-15 but those calls came out almost immediately um 10 people any big black gun is an ar-15 didn't you know that i did know that black guns matter though oh um, with that, though, it appears that he was carried out and all of Twitter went alight with this automatically with, you know, all the same kinds of things that you always hear. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a white guy. He's, uh, yep. of course, he's, you know, they take preferential treatment to white. If he was anything other than a white guy, then uh, he'd be shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Siskind tweeted this out. The shooter oh, was taken into custody. In other words, it almost certainly was a white man. Again, if he were black or brown, he would be dead. Well, that didn't wind up being the case. Uh, the New York Post reports police identified 21-year-old Ahmad Al-Alui Alyssa, that's a lot of A's, as suspect in Boulder shooting. Doesn't sound really white, does it? To be fair, he actually was fairly white presenting, but... Uh, Alyssa is from Arvada, Colorado. He faces now 10 counts of first-degree murder for the rampage he allegedly unleashed on Monday afternoon in a King Supers grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. Um, all of his victims were white. Alyssa was born in Syria in 1999 and came into the U.S. in 2002. And let's, of course, not forget that this happened a month after the Biden administration decided to drop bombs in Syria. That was my comment, too. I was just like, wait. So we just unleash holy hell on Syria. And then a Syrian person opens fire on a grocery store in the middle of Boulder, Colorado, which is like, I don't want to say it's like the whitest place in Colorado, but it might be. And no one wants to draw that connection. Okay. Well, it turns out that Alyssa was a very, very 
big conspiracy theorist. He talked a lot about conspiracies, especially Islamophobia, the government monitoring his phone. Um, he was a little bit out there, definitely. But uh, Siskin... Okay, went out but lately, I mean... Yeah. Are conspiracy theorists really all that far off these days? Because sometimes I kind of think they're not. Well, the one that got me was that Siskin turned around and tweeted this back out the next day. The tweet that I showed before was deleted. I was able to grab a screenshot of it before it was deleted, but uh, it was deleted and this one came out. Let's uh, let's mourn the victims, but not glorify the killer with the attention of having his name widely known. Of course. Which was the exact... It doesn't fit the agenda. Yeah. It doesn't. Now, we're still seeing a lot of calls to go and... Uh, Take back all the guns from white people. We're looking for this. I was going to ask you right off the bat. Do you think this is, I mean, it's very convenient that we saw the Atlanta shooting right away. And then we saw this shooting and a host of other shootings that just got completely swept under the rug. You've thrown a couple of those in, uh, in there yourself. Yep. Is this a push to try and get HRA to go through? Yes. Obviously. You think that Look over here at this thing. Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. That's what that is. I don't know if it's that as much as it's trying to get more people on board with saying, okay, well, maybe we do need to restrict gun access. Because Definitely. this guy, he did buy the gun legally after Boulder lifted its assault weapons ban. Okay. He was able to buy it legally, but he was on an FBI watch list prior to this. Hold, wait, what? He wasn't directly implicated in something that would put him on the watch list. He was adjacent to somebody who was on the watch list. So the FBI already had their eyes on the guy. But, of course, we don't do pre-crime in this country. Yet. We don't do pre-crime, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Because you do have to commit a crime before you can be found guilty of a crime. Mm -hmm. I think that this is more... Um, one, it's a mass shooting. So they're always going to give that more attention. Mm -hmm. Two, it was a seemingly random act of violence versus just, you know oh, 22 people got shot in Chicago over the weekend. Well, that's gang violence. Yeah. Like, they're not going to report that because it's not a mass shooting. Um, but I really think that this is more, uh, this is going to be more geared towards driving that narrative that, oh, well, we tried the assault weapons ban and everything was fine. And then the second we lifted it, look what mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, it is. It's crazy to think of this, and it's also crazy to look at. I know we're running up on the clock here, but uh, just to look at some of the other things that got completely overlooked this week, because, and I know we, this one fell off the front of the page as soon as we figured out the identity and the, the race of the shooter here. But, I mean, if you look down through the notes that I have for everything else here, there was the 13 and the 15-year-old that used the stun gun against the Arab guy in D.C. Yeah, I put that one originally in the lightning round. Yeah, there was that. I read about that this morning here. Um, the only reason that got any mention is because the video went viral of it, and it was horrifying. And I my... didn't watch the video because I can't watch stuff like that. It just it upsets me too much. Well, contemporary from this morning is age-restricted right now. I looked into that before we got in there because I did play the video on there. So that mm -hmm. one's age-restricted. Um, like you put in here, the Chicago Sun-Times uh, Sun reported, uh, 26th to 29th, I didn't see how many. I didn't open up the article, but there were a bunch of shootings in Chicago over mm -hmm. the weekend. But that's just gang violence. So mm -hmm. there was a guy that tried to go into a Publix in Atlanta. Uh, was it in Alabama or Atlanta? Yeah, it was in Atlanta. It was another one in Atlanta. Uh, 
Guy went in to a Publix with body armor and several rifles. He started putting the body armor on in the uh, bathroom, and somebody saw that and called the cops immediately. Oh, my God. That one was broken up, and you didn't hear a word about that. And no, I didn't. The perpetrator I didn't was hear black. anything about that. Yep. He what? The perpetrator was black. Um, you've got the spring break story that's coming out of Miami that's going on right now where they're calling it spring break violence, but it seems like there's maybe some riots that are coming up in Miami due to police brutality or people just being out and being free, including two people that uh, stand accused of raping and murdering a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, so crime always goes up when it gets hot outside. Like, that's just universal and i'm sure that there's like some complicated psychology behind it but uh, the everyone's been locked up for a whole year and now all of a sudden people are gathering in large groups Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people that have had issues with their mental health over the last year they potentially have lost their jobs been under an extreme amount of stress uh, potentially lost their health care so they can't just go to the doctor Um, and get treated for things like this, like they normally otherwise would. Um, So I think that plays a part in it too. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Like you've had people isolated and separated from each other for so long. And then all of a sudden you open the floodgates. Yeah. And so, and it's spring breakers. So it's not like it's people local to Miami that, you know, because Florida has been open for a while. And Florida was always at least semi-open in some places, Miami, I think being one of them. So Miami didn't experience extreme lockdowns and, but it's not the people from Miami that are causing the problems. It's the spring break people that are coming from other places that have probably been locked down for a long time. And that's the reason that they're leaving and going on spring break because they're tired of it. Absolutely. So, and I mean, going along with this too, we've got uh, a couple different things that have happened with the gun laws as well, um, there are a couple that I wanted to talk specifically about this. Um, this one coming from Forbes, the Biden administration has been urging the Supreme Court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without a warrant. So I don't know if you heard about Coniglia versus Strom this week, but mm-hmm. it looks like the Supreme Court will be hearing the oral arguments on this. Uh, it has to do with due process. Yep. And it really comes out to an elderly couple having a joking argument over a coffee mug that kind of got... It was, it was not joking by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, by the end of it. It got it out of hand. This. Yeah, it got way out of hand. So um, Edward Coniglia, uh, Coniglia joked to his wife, Kim, his wife of 22 years, that he didn't use a certain coffee mug after his brother-in-law had used it because he might catch a case of dishonesty. Uh, quick turned into an hour-long argument. Um, Edward stormed to the bedroom, grabbed an unloaded handgun, and put it on the kitchen table in front of his wife. With a flare of the dramatic heat, then asked, why don't you just shoot me and put me out of my misery? And then they got more and more angry. Um, she called the police. He took off and went for a ride. And then the police decided that they could seize the guns without a warrant, which we're getting into. No, they right. didn't. I'm sorry. They, they, no, they didn't. They asked her permission to seize the guns. And she gave it, but only after they told her that her husband said it would be okay. They lied to her to get her consent to take the weapons. And then they took them Mm -hmm. when they never had consent. But also, court precedent says that the police do not have to tell you the truth. 
ever. Yeah, that's that's shifty as fuck on its own. Exactly. So it's like, I think most people don't realize that. They think that, you know, if they're, I don't know, if they suspect somebody being an undercover cop and they ask them, they're like, they think that, you know, the cop has to come clean, you know? No, that's not how it works. <laughs> you're not eight months deep in an undercover op and somebody's like, you're not a fed, are you? And you're like, no, nah, got me. <laughs> like, that's not how that goes. <laughs> they are definitely allowed to lie to you. And even in some cases, encouraged to lie to you. And for some reason, that's not considered entrapment. So this is going on. We'll probably be watching this one coming up this week unless we see the Chauvin trial overshadow it because that's also happening this week, coming up this week here. But uh, the Ninth Circuit also weighed in on something that I don't think the Ninth Circuit really had any business weighing in on. Uh, let's see. The U.S. Appeals Court, this is according to the Chicago, uh, Chicago uh, Sun-Times, says, no, it's not okay to carry guns in public without a license. So this stems from... A case that came out of Hawaii where a guy wanted to walk around open carry, which is legal in my state. So, I mean, that's no big deal to me to see people open carrying without any sort of government licensure or anything at all. And Hawaii told him that he couldn't. This has now gone to the Ninth Circuit, which has said that it is okay for the state to tell you that you can't open carry without a license. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this idea? Because I know you were a little bit active on Twitter with this one. That idea is bad. I, the Federalist in me says that this is actually okay just because it's, it's the states deciding. But I don't like where it goes because then they can go even further onto this. So I don't like the fact that this do. is here. Yeah, they and they always do. If it stopped here, I would be okay with it. But I don't see it stopping it here. Will. That's the problem. Mm-mm. So that came up, but on some. White pill news coming out of the guns front, and I didn't get the article, and I missed. I grabbed the wrong article when I put it up in the itinerary. But uh, the Sixth Circuit did come out ahead and said, uh, pointed out to us that the bump stock ban that Mr. Trump put into place is unconstitutional. What have libertarians been telling y'all? We didn't like it, and Republicans were like, "Oh, it's not that bad. Nobody ever really uses bump stocks." Well, you called okay. me a Republican earlier on the show, and I said it was bad. Because it was bad. And yes, I'm more have... talking about the neocons that just have to defend Trump. Like, they just feel compelled to defend him. I wouldn't even call those people neocons. They're That's Democratic true. holdovers. They're, they're former Democrats that came in and realized how socialist the Democrat Party has become. They're Trumpers. They're they're not Demo- they're not Republicans. They're not Democrats. <laughs> they don't like war. They're not neocons. True. I think that's the best way to come out and say that yes, this guy could almost have his own political party at this point. Potentially, yeah. All right. Um we are at 25 minutes left in the show. So we're probably not going to get to a lot more of the stuff that I have in here. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about this uh, election law thing, and we'll do the Suez Canal, and then we'll do Surprise to Pity and head out of here. But the election law thing was, I mean, we'll talk about the border 
forever and ever and ever because this is going to be a huge thing. But this election law thing is, I think, is going to dissipate at some point off of this. So, uh, Georgia, Brian Kemp this week signed into law a series of election restrictions, voter ID, um, forms of ID required to get a mail-in ballot, reduced voting hours, no voting on Sunday. He put a spate of different uh, restrictions onto voting in the state of Georgia coming off there, and people were pissed. I don't know how much of any of this you saw this week. I know most people focused on the water in the lines thing out of all things, with everything else that's going along with this. But now people have also talked about voter ID. We've seen numerous arguments across Twitter about whether or not voter ID is racist or not, which I still don't understand how voter ID can possibly be racist. I'm kind of split on the issue, honestly. Mm -hmm. I can see the good in it, but I can also see the bad in it. And typically, like, the government just doesn't have a good track record with implementing those things fairly Mm -hmm. so i have to apply that logic to everything and so to me that leads me to believe that this would not be applied equitably either or fairly so it's probably a bad idea because they're not going to do it right it's i do like the fact that it's coming down on a local level at least because i mean my state's done it right as much as they come back and try to say that uh well it's it's racist to this. And I mean, you walk in, you throw your driver's license on the table and they hand you the ballot. Right. It's easy in Wisconsin. And right. I haven't read but the full not, text of but, this bill. Right. But there are a lot of people in some states that don't have driver's licenses. A lot of states have a free ID system. My, my brother, when he was still alive. That um, assumes that they can get to a location where they can get that free ID. And once again, that comes down to, and we had the conversation, one person on Twitter brought up the fact that, well, Sauk City, Wisconsin has a DMV that's only open on the fourth Wednesday of the month, every month. And, right. Well, the one in Wisconsin, Dells, is open five days a week, and it's right next to a grocery store. Right. Which it is, by the way. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Which that person probably has somebody run into that grocery store every once in a while. My uh, my brother, he couldn't have a driver's license. He was, by the state standards, legally blind. Like, he could see, he could recognize and do everything. He was a video game designer. He could obviously see, but to the point, his vision was bad enough that he couldn't drive. So he never had a driver's license. But he did have an ID from the state, and it was free. Mm-hmm. It just has his name, his address on it, his, uh, um, what would have been his driver's license number, his ID number. So he used for government documents, like applying for a job and such like that. Right. Mine is $75. His was free. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that not all states have that kind of infrastructure in place. So if you're going to put something right. like this into practice, then you do have to make sure you have the infrastructure in place to make sure that it works. Mm-hmm. The water thing, though. Did you see any of that argument? Yes, I did. So... I did read the provision. I didn't read the whole bill, but I read the provision that went along with this. And it appears that the provision for bringing water to people in line had more to do with preventing voter intimidation than actually supplying water to people who are in the line. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who were arguing for the bill pointed out the fact that you could always bring your own water. And on its surface, I don't have a problem with somebody coming up and bringing water to you. But 
I guess to the other side of it for me is, okay, you can have a law in place that prevents voter intimidation, that makes it illegal to intimidate somebody coming up. And then you can have somebody walk up to a, walk up to you in line because it's also illegal in Georgia to um, campaign in the polling line, just like we saw with Kamala Harris during campaign time. But he can walk up to you in the line and say, hey, here's some nice water. Hey, uh, let me tell you why you should vote for candidate A and why candidate B is a fucking bastard. Right. So I understand the provisions in this. The implementation, especially given the fact that they said you can't even bring water to somebody, that was just fodder and everybody jumped on the fodder and they started screaming about it. Mm-hmm. Without, I'm sure a lot of the people arguing for this didn't even read the bill and see what was in it. Yeah, probably not. What's your take on that? I initially thought it was worse than it was after I read it into it a little bit more. Um, so again, it's one of those things where it's like, I can see the good in it, but also I can see how it could be misused too. And I don't know. I hate it when I, I hate it when I can see both sides all the time. Cause I'm always yeah. like, it's, it's easy to see both sides on something like this. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a certain representative out of Atlanta that uh, was very, very unhappy with this. And, well, we'll listen to what happened here, and then uh, I'll tell you why I support her right to do what she did, but I also understand why she's a hypocrite. Let's have a right. listen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Might be another one of those that didn't load. I've got a spinning wheel of death. Uh oh. All right, you might not get to watch this one either. That's lame. That was a fun one to watch. All right, we'll have to cancel that one. I'll just give it one more try. No, I got Death Wheel on that one again. That one's not going to play for me either. All right. Well, we'll read the article then and talk about what happened there. So let me get that back up. Is it this one or did I not open it? I've not opened it yet. That's why I don't have it. Let me fix that. We're professional here, I promise. (laughs) Semi-professional. You want me to just catch up on the live chat while you do that? No, I got it up here now. Okay. So a Georgia representative is arrested after the governor signs the elections bill. Uh, Georgia state troopers arrested Representative Park Cannon on Thursday as she knocked on Governor Brian Kemp's door, interrupting his live-streamed announcement that he had signed an elections bill into law. The officers forcibly removed Cannon, a Democrat from Atlanta, dragging her through the Capitol and pushing her into a police car. She was charged with obstruction of law enforcement and disrupting the General Assembly sessions, according to the Georgia State Patrol, and released on bond late Thursday. Cannon was with several other protesters when she knocked on Kemp's office door, saying the public should be allowed to witness the announcement of the bill signing, which she was live-streaming at the time. The sweeping legislation requires ID for absentee ballots, limits drop boxes, and changes early voting hours. Tamara Stevens, an activist who was with Cannon, said she wasn't being disrespectful or causing a disturbance. Now, on its face, first off, um... Cannon's job was done. She had voted against this bill. She had done so mm-hmm. in the legislature already. So she had already expressed her concerns with this. She, you do, you, 
absolutely should have your ability to redress grievances with the government that's enshrined in the Constitution. The problem that I have with this is, I'm sure, being a Democrat from Atlanta, especially being a Democrat from Atlanta, I'm sure that if you ask Park Cannon what she thought about the Capitol Selfie Fest that went on on January 6th, she would be saying, lock them all up. For many of them, not all, because some of them were very, very violent, but for many of them doing a lot of the same thing, trying to redress grievances to a democratic process. That's where I start to have a problem with this, because there are people who were just live streaming the event for posterity, who are being charged mm -hmm. with the same thing she's being charged with at this point, obstruction of a government uh, function. Live streaming it is not obstruction. Tell that to Stephen Ignoramus. Well, tell that to the prosecutor that's working on Stephen Ingramus's case. Let me rephrase that. Well, I still don't think streaming is obstruction. It doesn't matter who's doing it. All you're doing is filming. Now, mm -hmm. if you're filming and shouting at people or whatever, then that's different. So, and I'm sure that this woman would say, hang them all at this point. We could probably listen to this, but I can't get the video back up. But yeah, they, they carried this woman out of here. And she also stomped on the uh, trooper's foot while they were trying to carry her out, mm -hmm. which they tacked on the assault of a police officer on top of it. So yeah, you absolutely should. If you're a citizen and you disagree with something, you absolutely should be able to redress your grievances with the government. And you should be able to at least witness what's going on there. Now, like I said, Kemp was live streaming this out. So it wasn't like he was doing this in some shadowy room somewhere, but I don't know. What do you think of this? I mean, it's a closed session. You are obligated to follow the rules, things like that. But I don't know. I kind of go back to the things that our country was founded on. Like, do you think that the founding fathers would be kept out of a closed session if the, you know, if the loyalist Congress in their state was trying to pass something that they didn't like? Probably not. Yeah, no, it's you're absolutely right on that. So... As of this point, and I mean, Georgia's not the only one that's done this at this point. Um, Iowa's got a new set of laws on the books to tighten up their election security. Um, the Republican Congress in my state is trying to do some election security measures that are going to get stomped out by the executive branch. Um, a couple other red states across the Midwest are doing this. So, I mean, this is starting to go off. And we heard Biden talk about this, you know, Jim Eagle. There it is. That's your Jim Eagle right there. <laughs> Did you see what happened in the Suez Canal this week? How could you yes. not? How could we not? I posted memes. I even sent you a meme. You sent me a meme. Um, there's a bunch of them in the funny papers in the uh, S8 uh, Midget B meme competition that we have over in the Discord. There's a bunch of them there. A lot of Pepe's. A lot of Pepe's driving a ship. So this week, after... And this is the report here. After drawing a dick in the Red Sea, the Ever Given, owned by the Evergreen Company out of the Netherlands, was sailing up to go into the Suez Canal, got caught by a heavy gust of wind, and wedged itself sideways in the canal, putting a full stop to global, uh, global transportation across the world, because that is one of the busier shipping routes 
in the world. It takes uh, anything coming up out of the Indian Ocean, anything coming off the east side of Africa, and gives it a nice easy path. It's run by Egypt. It's a nice easy path to get up to the Mediterranean and get up into Europe, and then yep. back and forth. Yep. Now, the canal has been widened a few times at this point, and, you know, everybody seems to have an idea as to how uh, how they could have fixed this. Uh, let's see what it looked like here. I have this in here. Yep, here it is. Oh, i got to get rid of Amy Siskin's tweet, her genius tweet off of this. So that's what it looked like while it was sitting up there wedged up into the side of this. Now, this is... Um, this is an extra long ship. This is a massive ship. So the canal itself was not meant to handle uh, a ship of this size. It wasn't. It wasn't? Width-wise. It was, it was meant to handle it on the, um, on the side to side. Nobody would have ever thought that something would have, this massive would have turned to the side off of this. But, I mean, here we sit. Here we are. <laughs> the ship wedged itself up against the sandbars towards the edge of the canal. Um, tugboats freed one corner of it this morning and they did get it fully freed and open opening the canal back up uh this afternoon between contemporary now so it's free traffic is moving back and forth with this but this has been a major economic impact to the world because anybody else who was here was either we'll feel it we'll feel it in about a week and a half probably because anybody was either log jammed into this or they had to go around the horn of africa right exactly We've opened up the 1700s shipping lanes again. I know that a lot of people had very big ideas as to how they could fix this. I think every guy in America had an idea as to how to fix this. All of the dads in America, yes. All the dads in America here. Um, I've cited him on this show before. Sticks Hexenhammer actually had a decent idea for this. And I, I thought it over and I actually thought it would do well for diplomacy. Now that it's free... You know, we still should go through with this, but it might be time to go out, especially if we're starting to see regular sized ships like this that are massive, that are big enough to go all the way across the canal. Let's get the Army Corps of Engineers. Let's get them out of the fucking Middle East countries where we're never going to win and, and let's widen the canal. Mm -hmm. Another hundred meters on each side, <clears throat> maybe. So we can start opening up the shipping lanes. Seems like they need to make it a little bit deeper, too. I would think, because, yeah, from what I understand, this is pretty shallow especially up on the edges here. Um, I know a lot of people would think that this is interventionism. What's What do you think of that? Um, I don't know that it's interventionism because it is, it is impacting global trade. Mm -hmm. So we're helping ourselves as well as other people. It's understandable. I, I would definitely do that. If I was me and I was president, I would be on the phone with Egypt right now saying, hey, do you want to work together with this? And, you know, we'll help you with this and you buy a bunch of our goods. You buy a bunch of our exports for or X you amount could of just, years. Or you could just do it so that the, your citizens don't have to pay higher prices on literally everything coming out of a pandemic when everything is already more expensive. Like, Why not just do it? Now that I could see, too. I guess for me, it's the the commodifying of it and trying to make sure that there is some trade going on. But I do see where you're coming from with that as well. I understand. So that's that's one thing for me. And, you know, it would be, like you said, it'd be good PR for the rest of the world, too. Yeah. So this is free and you're going to be able to get uh, get your goods from this once again. And Jeremy May will come out and say, you're driving sideways into the canal. <laughs> 
love that meme. I love that I can hear it in my head. <laughs> All right. That's what I have for news here, but we've got a couple of surprise stupidities for you. One's honorable mention, and one is the actual one that I was going to put up here that I've been thinking about that for a week. you have been obsessed with for days. But I, I want to do this honorable mention one that I have up here first. Let me get the picture up for you, because uh, everybody's favorite doctor. Hold on, I got to the picture. No. Dr. Nick from The Simpsons? No, that's Hibbard. Oh. And, yeah, I wouldn't say Dr. Nick, because that sounds... Ah, uh, very, very close to something that could be a racial slur too. So, I would think think about that one, especially given the controversy with that. No, I'm talking, of course, about Doctor Fauci. Why do we have to say his name? I don't. You don't. I do. So, let me get the picture up. Doctor Fauci is now going to be embodied in a children's book. You are kidding me. This is honorable mention. So keep in mind, I've got something worse than this after this. To read from CBS News, an upcoming children's book stars a new household name as the main character, Dr. Anthony Fauci. A new children's book is set to detail the life of America's best-known doctor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Simon & Schuster is, is releasing. Propaganda. Dr. Fauci, How a Boy from Brooklyn Became America's Doctor, written by Kate Messner and illustrated by Alexandra Bai on June 29th. It will Not my doctor. <laughs> It will chronicle both the doctor's life and provide information on vaccines for children. Going right down the propaganda aisle. He's not my doctor. On Twitter on Sunday, Messner revealed the cover of the picture book, which is now up on the screen for everybody to see, which features a young Fauci riding a bike in front of his family's Brooklyn store, Fauci Pharmacy, which his family lived above in an apartment, as well as an illustration of the doctor as he appears today. Okay. Yes, this is actually happening. This is how a boy from Brooklyn became America's doctor. He is not my doctor. He's America's doctor. Be patriotic. All right, I, I gotta, I gotta get this video up here so you can cringe over everything else here. Let me get that queued up here because uh, everybody's favorite uh, gun girl decided that uh, she wanted to stick it to. I did see this. She wanted to stick it to the leftists on this one here. Let's listen to what Caitlin Bennett had to say. Oh my god. Welcome to my kitchen, guys, where today we're going to be cooking up some liberal tears. I've done it again, guys. The libs are mad at me. And why? Because I like cooking for my husband. That I mean, I know you can't see the video, but that form is terrible. This is like this woman's first time in the kitchen. Yikes! It's it's horrible. The poor girl. I I've never seen anybody so uncomfortable holding a chef's knife in my life. <laughs> or what is spoon for that matter? This is this woman's first time cooking, I promise you. It has to be. And she's not cooking this either. She's just getting selectively at the clips of her holding <laughs> the spoon. Oh my God. Tastes like patriarchy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Bennett. Some of you guys know me as the Kent State Gun Girl. 
and others know me as the girl with the microphone that interviews crazy Democrats. If you're wondering why I'm in my kitchen, it's because today I'm Caitlin the housewife who likes fulfilling her traditional gender role as a married woman. So just a few days ago, I posted a photo of me cooking to social media and I captioned it, you know what makes me feel the most empowered as a woman? It's not getting an abortion or rapping about WAP. It's being a good housewife and cooking for my husband. And boy, did the left go crazy. Let's read some of the replies. Now, the video that I had cut off, and we didn't get to hear some of the replies off of this, but, uh, yes. This woman went through and decided that she was going to have somebody come in and cook for her, because watch the video afterwards, because this is really this woman's first time. I It's in the Discord. It's in the funny papers. It's clearly her first time. This screams of trying too hard to piss people off. <laughs> That's her shtick, though. Also, I love how she's like, some of you know me as blah, 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 but she leaves off the thing that most of us know her as, which is booby pants. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caitlin Bennett, wow. never, never shy of putting something out for us to cringe at off of this. I knew you would so, love this here. But there was another KB story that oh. I thought you were going to mention when you initially started. I thought you were going to talk about her beef with Nas X. I don't give a flying fuck about Nas X, and I'm not going to I don't a either, second. but the feud is amazing. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with it, because I didn't look into it, because I don't care about Nas X. I, the shoe thing I could have put up on the itinerary for today, but I just, I didn't care. I'm trying to find the screenshot. Where is it? I need it. <laughs> I, need- <laughs> I, need, I just need it. <laughs> oh goodness I don't know where it is I'll send it to you when I find it <laughs> so yeah that was uh, that was Caitlin Bennett trying to make the patriarchy and I love that Liberty Hangout was up there too it's like mmm tastes like the patriarchy so bad that's all I have <laughs> oh so um <laughs> I'll send it to you. But basically she posted, it's weeks like these. I'm thankful I'm blocked by Nas X. And he replied, <laughs> I still see your tweets, shitty pants. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, I know we've been neglectful for the live chat here. So why don't, uh, why don't we see what they're having to say tonight? And then we'll head on out of here. <laughs> Sorry, I was endlessly amused by that. <laughs> I gotta scroll back quite a ways to get back to uh, where we were at. Yeah, I'll see if I can get up there too. Oh, there we go. Uh, Greg says that the vaccine passports will work as well as TSA pre-check. Matthew said, I will be disappointed to be banned from concert halls. I know, it's so sad. Jay, I can't read that one on the air. I'm sorry. Oh, I commented about how there are several Indiana people in here tonight. Uh, Boom Boomstick says, screw the people that collude with the government to develop this. 
Uh, Jay says he has the nuclear codes, but doesn't remember having them. So that's basically safe. <laughs> this is true. Agent 2159 said Trump would have pushed the button because someone called him a name. Agreed. <laughs> and Joe would push it because he thinks it brings him another insurer. <laughs> he just swapped out the Diet Coke button. <laughs> Uh, the code, oh, Quest says the code of his, the code is the year of his birth, 1901. Ouch. I don't think you're that far off, though. He's not. <laughs> no. Uh, Jay. Yeah, you know what the miners don't need? Oh, he's talking about the border camps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what they don't need? Extra security. And I, I did read some of these out loud while we were actually talking about it. Yeah. Um, quest. I want to see him get confused and start talking about former wrestler China. Also can't read that one out loud, Jay. Unless we want to get banned from the Facebooks forever. Wouldn't it be funny if we were both banned from Facebook streaming? No, it would not. <laughs> uh, oh, Agent 2159 said Sam Eagle is the Muppet. Okay, oh. I knew I, I was close. Sam Eagle. I don't know where I got Arrow from. I think there is one called Arrow. Captain Arrow. Anyways. Um, oh, Ron said he got done cooking. Whatever you made was probably better than whatever Caitlin made. <laughs> They're debating on whether or not Joe Biden actually knows any Republican voters. And Quest said, who is he talking about? Maybe it's one of his daydreams. I'm going to be really careful with these comments. <laughs> uh, Quest said there's there's snow on the mountain peaks, but other than that, not much whiter than Boulder. True. Uh, Boomstick says, I lived near Boulder for a few years. It's regressive. And all I think about is that Dave Rubin cartoon I sent you. Regressive left. Regressive, regressive. <laughs> Yeah. Kriegels. I don't know what that is. Is that something bad I shouldn't say on air? I don't know. I've never heard that word before. Maybe. Well, we're still on YouTube, so. <laughs> uh, then they were commenting about Atlanta. Jay had to leave. Bye, Jay. Uh, the whole quest says the whole reason the problem started in Miami was those ridiculous curfews. They sicked the police on who people who were peacefully hanging out. Uh, I mean, I don't think they had anything to do with the drugging and the raping. That was probably not spurred by a curfew. Uh, yes, the police are allowed to lie to you. Oh, Nephilim said they're like vampires. You have to invite them in. <laughs> it's true you do quest said we should have kept the militia system but got lazy and outsourced the work true another thing outsourced to the government yep nephilium said open carry around idiots is a bad strategy better hidden so you have an element of surprise yes agreed some people do not have that option though and quest mentioned that mm -hmm. i think quest lives in new york so that's probably why yeah he does i know which borough he lives in too i've been invited to his house Cool. I've not taken him up on that, but I know he's got old Scotch that's older than me, so. 
Agent 2159 said, the ever given getting stuck is like my mother-in-law going down a hallway and forgetting how to turn around. Ouch. Also, it is the Evergreen. The ship says Evergreen. I don't, it's registered. Evergreen is the company that owns it. Evergiven is the name of the ship. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Greg says, hold my beer. Grabs box of dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yes, so now everyone is listing their suggestions. Quest says buoys on the sides. Um, oh, Agent 2159 mentions, is that asks, is this the same Army Corps of Engineers that were in charge of the New Orleans oh. levee? Ouch. Oh. Burn. Yeah. Uh, Quest said, a once in a blue moon event isn't what engineering mindset says to design around. True. Well, yeah, we can ask Texas about that. <laughs> Ouch. Burn. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Quest said Fauci's still not on the Brooklyn Botanic Garden Gardens Walk of Fame, so he's not really that famous. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you to wear a, th a third mask then if, if you're not going to tell me I'm famous, okay? Um, Ron said the ship actually stopped in Great Bitter Lake. He supposes that they are probably checking for damage. I would think that they probably are. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't want that to cave in. No, definitely not, especially given with how much weight that is loaded onto that thing. If mm -hmm. it caved in, that would be bad. Well, I'm thinking more of the, like the canal itself caving in and then stopping global traffic for even longer. No, not the canal. The ship is stopped. Okay. They moved the ship out of the way, but then they but they've stopped the ship. So they're probably checking for damage on the underside of where it was stuck. Oh, I thought they'd still stop the uh, canal traffic still to make sure that the sides didn't damage when they popped it out. I misunderstood. That was on me. Maybe. I don't know. Um, oh, now we're all cringing over KB. Ron says her mom is probably doing the cooking. Yes, probably. Quest uh, said, were those shrimp pancakes? No, it was off. Looks like shrimp Alfredo, but she put a butt ton of fucking Old Bay in there. Which yeah. does not go good with Alfredo sauce. Weird. Seawall is mad at you for the <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We're caught up. Okay, well, we've got to head on out of here. Then let's cue up some music and send these fine folks out for the night. So... I want to take some time to thank everybody who came and chatted with us. Seawall, Ron Helton, uh, Greg, Agent2159, that's a new name in here. So thanks for coming and hanging out and uh, some of your good takes as well on this. And everybody else who came and hung out with us tonight. We'll be back here next week for more of this because I'm sure the government's going to do something stupid between here and now. What do you think? Do you think they're going to do something stupid between there and now? Yes, they always do something stupid between then and now. <laughs> So we're going to be back here and cover all of that and all the news that happened while we were on air once again. So we'll be checking that out as well. I will be back here tomorrow morning for more Contemporary because the news never stops for anybody. And we'll do our morning headlines. So come back and join me at 7.45 a.m. Central Time. We did stream live today to DLive, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. And if you, well, no, I don't have to say if you're over on Facebook anymore because that does work down through. So thanks to everybody who came and checked us out. If you're just catching us up now, you want to catch the rest of the show, you can find us back once the processes over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. Go and check us out in both of those locations and subscribe. Or if you'd rather take us on the go, you can take us with iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, 
can catch us up over there. As soon as I get that uploaded, we'll be there. We'll be there every day for all the shows as well. So go ahead and check us out there. Lastly, bookmarkfreedomscoop.com, where you can come and catch us. We will be premiering on the April 17th live stream. But until that day, you can go over and check out our friends, the R.A. Conservative, the Generational Gap, the Daily Ignoramus, the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, and the R.A. Conservative. Go and check them out on their individual networks. And once we get the website up and running, you can find them all over there. All of their replays will be up on that website, ready to go and ready for your consumption pleasure. So go ahead and check that out as well. Lastly, make sure you come back and check us out on April 17th for our 24-hour live stream for suicide prevention. Links will be up on the Twitter, in the Discord, and in the Gilded, provided for you with more updates and more ideas on which guests are going to be coming by. We've got some great music, we've got some great talks, some great uh, other things coming on with this, so definitely looking forward to seeing you all there. And tell a friend and tell 10 friends. Let's see how many people we can get in and chatting for those 24 hours. And lastly, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Elaine, lead everybody out for the night. I hope you all have a good week. We will see you here next Monday. And don't do anything I wouldn't do twice. Take care, everyone.